You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hey friends, so glad you could join us here again. I know this season has been really challenging and I know there's been a lot of talk between being introverted and extroverted and if you're really enjoying this season and they're saying introverts are living their best life right now and extroverts, well, this is kind of a nightmare because you really need those connections with people. And wherever you're at in that spectrum, I know no matter what, it's been challenging. It's been a difficult season for everyone and I'm so thankful that we have technology that we can continue to connect, to continue to be a support for one another and just want to encourage you to continue to be there for each other, to continue to look out for each other, maybe send that text or send that Facebook message or reach out to someone and just let them know you're thinking about them, praying about for them. Ask them how their day is going. I know it makes a really big difference in people's lives right now more so than ever. We're going to move on this week, and we just finished a a series, and we're kind of moving on. And Easter just happened last week, and what an incredible time. It was so awesome to see people opening up their Easter boxes from Treeline and hearing people fight over the chocolate that was inside of it. You know who you are. Um, But just so awesome to celebrate um, the resurrection of Jesus, and what an incredible day to have communion together. And we had a great time connecting on the Zoom call in the lobby after. Just an amazing opportunity, and really encourage you to just hop on there for a few minutes after the message. Just come right on to the Zoom call. You can just see a couple people's faces. If you are one of those introverts, don't worry, we won't make you talk. You can just sit there quietly with your camera on and just watch everyone else talk. But we would love to see your face, whether you're introverted or extroverted. We would just love to connect with you and see you there. So as we move on today, I want to do something a little bit different. And honestly, uh, in this last week in our devotional series on Facebook, we've been doing something called Whisper. And it's talking about hearing the voice of God and how when we are in silence or when we practice that silence or we're actively listening, we can begin to discern the voice of God in our life. This is important in many reasons and really uh, I'm desperate for God's direction because the longer I live, the more I figure out I don't have things figured out. I don't know what's really going on. I'm dependent on the Spirit. I'm dependent on God directing my steps and hearing from Him. And, And honestly, this message this week is really an accredit to that. We were planning a different series that we were going to kick off today, but in my prayer time this week, I just really began to sense God speaking to me to go a kind of a little bit different direction. And so I'm I'm kind of excited and a little bit nervous to share this with you today because this is still a little bit raw for me and something that I'm processing personally, but I really felt it was something important to share with you and something that we need to discuss as Christ followers and as the church. And I just um, kind of wanted to start out and, and ask maybe, have you ever been to or had an experience where you got something new and you were really excited about that something new, and then as time went on, it kind of lost a little bit of its shiny, you know what I mean? Like maybe you got that brand new car and you were took care of it and you babied it and you waxed it and you washed it and then as time went on it got that little scratch it got that little door ding and then eventually you had kids and then you lost all hopes of trying to keep the car nice ever again it's kind of like that syndrome when you have something new or even in a relationship oh how about that one the honeymoon phase come on if you've been married for any length of time you know how this goes in that honeymoon phase you know you know that husband that wife they can do no wrong right everything's so cute and everything's just oh oh it's just the the first burp how precious 
precious, right? It's just everything just seems so wonderful. And then as time goes on and that honeymoon phase wears thin and it becomes everything's not cute anymore, now they're grating on your last nerve. Uh, we all know how that feels. And, and I was reminded of this recently. Uh, we have a dog, Maisie. We've had a long time. I don't know how long you've had a pet before, uh, but we're going on 14 years with this little little dog, little white dog, Maisie, that we got before we had any kids. We were newlyweds. Um, she was our fur baby, as people call them, which is kind of creepy, let's just be honest. But she was our dog that we got, um, and we took her everywhere. It's kind of embarrassing to think about. We actually flew with this dog. We put on an airplane with us. Like Several kids later, you look back and like, what were we thinking? I don't know. Um, but now as she's getting up there in years, it's a little more challenging caring, caring for a pet in her senior years. Um, she has a little more mistakes in the house. Um, we have to block her off a lot more. Um, she's not as excited to go outside and do her thing, you know what I'm saying? So it kind of gets old taking care of this old dog. And I've kind of been a little bit frustrated with that, just being honest with you. And I've kind of verbalized that a little bit in the house. And my wife, Christy, reminded me um, that, you know, as much as I'm ready to just say, hey, Maisie, it'd be great if you moved on because I'm sick of taking care of you, she lovingly reminded reminding me that it was a commitment. And she was right. It is a commitment that we took this pet on, that now we care for her, and now she's later in her years, and she needs us to take care of her and to, to love her through her difficult senior years as a dog, right? And so there's something really amazing that happens when we move on from feelings and infatuation to love and commitment, See, when we have feelings at first and we just feel the love, we feel the excitement, the excitement of the new puppy. We feel the excitement of the new relationship. We feel the excitement of the new thing or the object or your child gets that new toy. Come on, parents, you know exactly what that's like. And there's something that has to happen with us where we move from feelings and infatuation to going to love and commitment. Because here's what happens over time. You might not feel like you are invested anymore. You might not feel like you want to be with that person or that you want to take care of the pet or whatever it is, fill in the blank. But we've got to move on from how we feel about it to moving towards commitment. Because love isn't just simply a feeling and commitment isn't something we do just when we feel like doing it. When we commit to something, we do it whether we feel it or not. And that's something that can be very difficult and very challenging in so many different areas of our life. And something I want to talk about and just kind of dive into today is kind of the idea, we just came off of Easter, what an incredible week, celebrating all that God has done for us, the gift of Jesus and Him laying down His life for us, just unbelievable to see all that God has done, celebrating people making decisions for Christ, laying down their life for Him, surrendering and saying, God, I'm going to follow you and live for Christ. And that's amazing and it's exciting. And it's, those are those high moments that really get us pumped up. And even as a pastor, we just, we love those moments. But I think it's really important for us to be honest and have honest conversations as a church because if we can't have difficult and honest conversations in church, where can we have them? Matter of fact, Jesus himself reminded us that he didn't come for the people who were healthy. He said the physician are the ones, the sick need a physician. And I'm that physician. I've come for the people who are not healthy. I've come for the people who are messed up. And I think it's really important that we have those conversations in church where we can just be honest and open with each other. And something that I've really been wrestling with and something that I've been thinking about is really the struggle that comes with when people make a decision for Christ and then somewhere along the way, and there's many reasons why this could happen, they choose to walk away from their faith. 
I know that's something that could be challenging and something like, well, what do we have to talk about that in church? And that's kind of a downer. Shouldn't we be like going projecting upward after Easter, Brian? And I just really feel this is something that as I've been sensitive to God's voice, I think this is something that is really important that we've got to talk about here at Treeline and something that I think is really important for us as Christ followers to have these conversations. Because if you've ever been there, if you've ever had a friend or a family member who at one time was following after Jesus and was trying to do the right things and follow after God and then whatever the reason, either slowly slipped away or just made a decision that they weren't going to follow after God anymore, or maybe whatever the reason, whatever the circumstance, there's no judgment in that. But if you've ever felt that anguish, if you've ever felt that tension, if you've ever felt the burden for someone else who was going through that, you know how difficult and frustrating that can be. And honestly, this is something that the Bible describes, and maybe you've heard this term before called apostasy, which is a really big word. That's like, oh, we just, Brian just threw out the $20 sermon word. And apostasy or an apostate is someone who just simply just decides to walk away from their Christian faith. Someone who at one time was serving God, but for whatever reason, there's so many reasons we can even get into and unpacking this on why people would choose to walk away from God. But the word apostasy simply means to defect. It means a departure or a revolt or a rebellion. It's choosing to say that I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God. And maybe some people would even go as far as to say they don't believe a God exists at all. And so that's something that can be really difficult and really painful. And when we see people that we love go through that as Christ followers, it can be really difficult and leaves us wondering what happened and what went, went wrong and what can we do in the midst of that and feeling that weight. And maybe that's someone that you've known. Maybe a friend or a family member that you've deeply cared about. Maybe someone that you really look up to has, has gone through that. And maybe you felt that way at some time. But maybe you're like wrestling with your faith and your trust in God. And if I can be just brutally honest with you and kind of peel back the layers, this is something that I believe every single Christ follower wrestles with. I believe it is completely normal to wrestle and have doubts in your faith. That there's sometimes that you may not feel like, is God real? Is he really there? Is he listening? Does he care? And if there is a God, is he personal? Is he involved in my life? Does he care what I'm going through? And even as a pastor, I don't wear a cape. I'm not some superhero. I have my own doubts and my struggles. And that might be difficult for you to hear. But at Treeline, we've really worked hard from the beginning that we're not trying to put a front that we've got all the answers, that we've got everything figured out, that we want to be a church that people can come be real and have their struggles, have their doubts have their questions and still be loved and accepted. And I've had those moments and I believe everyone has because why wouldn't you? Because sometimes it would be easier to not have faith. Sometimes it'd be easier to just simply walk away, wouldn't it? Because when we have the tension and the rub of going against the world, we don't have to worry about living for God and living for others and putting other people first and doing all the things that the Bible asks us and challenges to do. We could just take care of ourselves, take care of our families, go do our vacation, live our life, right? Cash the check and just retire and be done. And we could just live this great life and not have to worry about and carry the burden of faith. And see, that could be something that's really tempting and really alluring and just even mixing in all the doubts and the questions, let alone what all of the world and culture throws at us, just bombarding us constantly with messages of, of doubt and God's not real and that's for crazy people and only flakes believe in religion and all of those things. And it'd be really nice just to be like, hey, you know what? I don't have to push up against that. I'm just going to decide that I don't believe in God either. It would just be really nice. It'd be kind of easy, wouldn't it? And so... There's no judgment for people who have made that decision or got to that point. But I think it's important for us to talk about that. And I want to talk about 
why this happens, and there's so many reasons, and I'm not going to even attempt to dive into every single reason, because I know this can be so personal, and so many people have different reasons and different things that have got them to that point where at one time they believed in Christ and now they no longer do. I don't want to oversimplify it, and I don't want to cheapen that for anybody. But I just want to talk about three different things that kind of happen that may contribute to that. And I think these three things, whether you're where you're out on that spectrum, if you're strong in your relationship with God, you're solid, or maybe you're feeling a little bit shaky and a little unsure, or maybe you've just completely checked out. Wherever you are, I believe there's something here for you. And the first one is simply this. It's religion versus relationship. Religion versus relationship. See, religion is just simply going through the motions. Being religious is just what religious Christianity looks like this. I punch my time card. I go to church on Sunday, or maybe I go on Christmas and Easter. It reduces our relationship to God to a formula. It says if I say the right words, if I say the right prayers, if I recite the right things, if I read the right scriptures and I do the right things, therefore I'll be in good standing with God. See, religion is just simply empty empty routine. And that's not what God desires from us at all. God desires relationship. God wants something that's living and breathing and active, not just going through and checking boxes and say, hey, I'm done. I have a relationship with God. No, 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 friends. God wants an actual relationship with us. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about this in Matthew 15. He was quoting a prophet from the Old Testament talking about people who said they were following after him but really weren't doing so. He says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You see it? It's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is just saying that you're following after God. It's checking the boxes, going through the motions, but our heart, our heart is what God is after. And that he wants relationship with us, not to just check the boxes. In Deuteronomy 4, 29, it says, But from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search with, for him with all of your heart and your soul, you will find him. Friends, God just wants relationship with us. And I feel so many times that people who get caught up in that and have a lot of questions or begin to question or doubt their faith as it simply boils down to a formula of becoming religious instead of simply having a relationship with God. That God wants to know how we're feeling. That he's big enough to deal with your doubts, with your insecurities, with your questions. That he wants you to bring those to him. That God's not offended or put off by them, but that God is waiting for you. He wants relationship. He wants to hear how you are doing. He wants the highs and he wants the lows. That God's not looking for perfect people with perfect answers, the perfect solutions to fix everything in the world and say, here's what's going on. God wants broken people like you and me. He wants relationship, friends. The second one that I really feel becomes an issue for us when it comes to people walking away or choosing to no longer be active in their faith is the difference between being led by the Spirit and being led by our feelings. Being led by the Spirit or being led by our feelings. See, friends, our feelings will deceive us. Our feelings will lead us down a path where our feelings will just dictate. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've definitely had some moments where I have felt some things and I'm really glad I didn't act on them. There's nothing wrong with feelings. Matter of fact, we shouldn't stuff down and ignore our feelings. There's something we should work through because that's healthy. 
But sometimes we've got to realize the older we get and the more mature that we get, which really doesn't have anything to do with age, we understand that acting on our feelings isn't always the best thing. Because as much as I love Jesus and I'm a pastor and I'm trying to follow after God, there's a few times I have felt like knocking some people upside of the head. And I'm glad that I didn't act on it because it didn't, wasn't the right thing to do. But you better believe in the moment I felt like it. And so there's a difference between acting and following and being led by the way we feel in a moment and being led by the Spirit of God. In Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it helps us out with this idea immensely. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Just to pause there for a moment. When you say yes to relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that God has sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell inside of us, who helps us. The Holy Spirit is a helper to help us to live more like Jesus, to help us to become closer to God. So the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires at the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, friends, this is the difference between being led by the Spirit and being led by our feelings or the flesh, as the Bible puts it. See, our feelings are going to deceive us every time. They're going to lead us down the wrong path. But being led by the Spirit is going to help us to do the things that God wants us to do. And in the moment, it might not feel like the good thing to do. Like when you're a kid, eating the vegetables didn't seem like the right choice to help you be healthy because they taste terrible. And sometimes being led by God's spirit requires us to do hard things that we don't like to do. But it ultimately ends up being the best thing for us. In Jeremiah 17, 7 and 9, we get this strong reminder about following our feelings and following our own desires. It says this, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and when they never stop producing fruit. And then in verse 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is. See, there's this reminder and this dichotomy that when we live and trust God, we know that it will lead us down the right path. But if we simply trust our own heart, our own desires, our own feelings, that's why I cringe when people say, I just had to follow my heart because following your heart, honestly, is one of the worst things that you can often do. We've got to be led instead as people of God. We've got to be led by the spirit. We've got to follow after God. And so if we make the choice to only live by our feelings and what we're feeling in the moment, there will be times where you don't feel like following God. There will be times where you don't feel like singing worship to God. There will be times where you don't feel like giving or being in a small group or serving or all the things that we're trying to do and help you to become a disciple and follower of God. You won't feel like it. But when you choose to put God first and be led by his spirit, sometimes your feelings are going to have to surrender. And when we begin to posture ourselves and following after God, your feelings will follow. Did you catch it? You don't lead with your feelings. You lead with the spirit and then your feelings will line up and follow the spirit of God. But we cannot be led by our feelings. Our feelings will always lead us astray. astray. We got to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. The final one is this, the difference between being alone and being together. 
God designed this life and this Christian relationship to be done with others. You are not made to do life alone. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it gives us an incredible reminder of the importance of doing life together with others. It says two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Friends, you are not meant to do life alone. You need to be in relationship with others. There are so many times and so many instances where I've seen people struggle with their faith, where they have followed their feelings, where they haven't led by the Spirit, where they made decisions that they've ultimately regretted or maybe haven't got to the point where they regret it but definitely aren't following after God. And so many times it happens because we are not in true relationship with people. You need to be in relationship with others. It is not optional. I know we started talking about how some people are introverted and some people are extroverted. And you're like, well, I don't really like people. I don't do the people thing. I don't care what your preference is. You may be drained by people and you're an introvert. You might get recharged by people and you're an extrovert. Wherever you're at on the scale, it does not give us an excuse to not be in relationship with others. God designed you and wired you to need other people and other people need you. We have got to be in relationship with others, friends. We've got to have other people that when the stuff hits the wall, when life throws a random Tuesday at you, you've got to have some people that you can go to, that you can connect with, that you can download to, that you can just have no filter and just vent to them, share your doubts, share your frustrations, and know that they've got your back, that they love you, that they're also trying to follow after God, and they're not perfect, but they're in this with you. And it can't just be surface. It's not about just the religion of going to church on Sunday and checking the box and, hey, I said hi to someone and said their baby look cute. No, we've got to have relationship, deep relationship. And I'm not saying that you have to be friends with everyone, that you have to solve everyone's problems and now everyone in the church is going to be your best friend. I'm not saying that. But you've got to have one, two, three people who you are in deep relationship with, who know where you are, what you're going through, who are going to love you and hold you accountable and believe in you. You've got to have that. It's the difference between being alone and being together. So friends, as we talk about this and we hear about and we think about someone that we love, maybe someone you love and care about has walked away from their relationship with God. Maybe you know the sting and feel the burden of someone that you love, a family member, a friend, someone that you care deeply about. And maybe at one time they were following after God and now they chose not to live for Christ anymore. And what do you do in that moment? There's a few things that you can do. And the first one is simply this, pray pray, pray. Never stop praying. Never stop believing. I've seen it too many times where God has showed up in people's lives. Now, here's what's really difficult about that is that people still have a free will. People have a choice. And this is what makes God good is that God didn't make us puppets. He gave us a free will. He gave us a choice. So we continue to pray that God would speak to them, that the Holy Spirit would nudge them, that their heart would be soft and open, receptive to God. But it is still their choice. Just like you and I have a choice if we're going to follow after God, everyone has free will. Everyone has a choice. But that doesn't mean that we don't stop praying and believing for them. 
Another great thing that you can do is just simply live your life by example, to continue to love them where they are, to continue to speak good and believe in them and to to love them and show them that you're trying to follow after God and that you don't have a cape either and that you've got questions, that you've got doubts, that you struggle in your faith and with this life and that you could just be an authentic person and just be real with them. Not just put up fronts and just have spiritual lingo and things that they don't get and understand. Just be real and be honest. And can I just tell you that if you feel that weight, if you feel a burden, that's a good thing. Matter of fact, I'd only be concerned if you weren't concerned for other people who are far from God. Because our hearts as Christ followers, as people who are following after God, our hearts should be people for people who are far from him, who need his love, who need relationship with you. Friends, if it's you, maybe you're watching or listening today and you're the one who's been struggling in your relationship. Maybe it's just been something that's been a little subtle under the surface. Maybe you're just kind of wrestling with some doubts recently. Maybe you've gone full-blown and just walked away from God because you just can't. I don't know what the reason is, and I I don't know what it is, and what, what do you do in that moment? I want you to hear me say this more than anything. If you're having doubts, if you're having questions, if you've full-on just walked away from God and you're not even sure if He even exists, I want you to hear me say this so clearly. God loves you. God loves you and he chooses to love you. And every promise that he gives in his word will not change based on the way that you feel about him. Because here what I know to be true. When our faith walks out, God walks in. He made a promise that he would never leave you, that he would never forsake you, that he is always waiting like a loving father with his arms wide open for you to return to him. And so I just want to encourage you with you. I want you to know that God is big enough for your questions. That religion and relationship we talked about, God wants relationship with you. And your doubts, your questions, your fears, your insecurities, whatever it is, God is big enough to handle them. He's not scared off by them. He's not repulsed by them. He's not angry at you. He wants you to bring them to him. I don't care what way you do it. Even if you're angry, God would rather have you shouting at him than simply being silent. Friends, God is for you. When your faith walks out, God walks in. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, as maybe this is a difficult message to hear and it's not one of those rah-rah cheerleader messages after Easter, but God, we just are so thankful that you care and love about each and every person as your creation. God, I pray for every single person listening or watching right now who just needs to know that you are with them. God, I pray that they would just be brave enough just to come before you and just speak to you, to just bear their heart and their soul to you, God, and to realize that you are not after religion. You don't want them to check boxes, God, that you are after their heart. You just want relationship with them. God, we thank you. God, I pray for those who feel that burden and that weight from loved ones or family members or friends that have walked away from their faith. God, that they would know that you are with them and that you are for them. And God, that you feel that burden with them. They would continue to pray and believe for those people and live a life by example, pointing others towards you. God, often it is the greatest thing that we can do is to point others by our authentic relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Friends, if you're here today and you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've never had a chance to accept Him, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer, and I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. And it's no magic in these words. It's not any special words. It's simply surrendering in your heart and your life and saying that you believe in God and what He's done for you. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Make me new. 
Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, if you said that prayer today, we believe all of heaven is rejoicing. The Bible tells us that even if one person comes to relationship with the heavenly father, they are throwing a party in heaven and the angels are all rejoicing. So if you made that step today, if you prayed that and you believed it in your heart, maybe for the first time or you needed to recommit your life to him, we just wanna ask you to text the word rejoice to 97000 because all of heaven is rejoicing and we're rejoicing with you. So if you would simply text that, we just wanna come alongside you and help you make some next steps to become a lifelong follower of Jesus, the best decision you could have made. Thank you guys so much for enjoying us, joining us today. We'll see you in the lobby after the message. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.